0: Prominent psychologist tragedy forced Doctor Sander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Doctor Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood.
1: Hello, and welcome to Post Mortem, a special edition podcast of Wormwood, a serialized mystery. This is where we roll over the bloated corpse that is Wormwood and take a look behind the scenes at what goes into the making of the show. Tonight we've got for you a special roundtable discussion where we get in some of our actors and Jeremy Rogers and I are going to talk to them about what it's like to act on our show and act for us. However, before we get to that, I want to reach out to you all and thank you if you submitted a listener question we recently put out a call on our website uh, asking for listener questions about our show about season 1 specifically and we got some really great questions in I'm going to touch on a couple of those but we're going to have a separate listener meal show so stay tuned for that you're going to hear some great questions now the next thing I want to mention is our website itself it is at www.wormwoodshow.com all one word wormwoodshow.com. If you haven't checked it out, you might want to take a look. We've got some cool stuff there, and we just added some more things. So I want to make a note of that. On the right sidebar, we have added a link to forums. We really wanted to create that community. We know you're already out there. We know you're listening. We want you guys to invite you guys to come on and chat about what's going on with Wormwood as it happens. Right now, you can come in and talk about season one in a spoiler thread where you can talk about it with everybody who's listened to the whole season. Um, you know, there's a season two anticipation thread. Uh, and beyond that, you know, you might see some of the writers, some of the actors hanging out on there. So check it out. It's a good way to interact uh, and see, you know, what's going on. Um, in addition to that, the other exciting thing I want to add is that we have added a call in line. We have a new call in line where we can not only listen to but hopefully play on the podcast your voicemails and our special voicemail number is 206-426-5336 that's 206-426-5336 it's also listed on the website so if you can't remember this or if you're in the car just you know give us a chance when you get home and uh check the site uh call us leave us a voice message so give us a call Tell us what you think about this show. Tell us what you think about upcoming shows. What I hope to do is, you know, you'll leave your comment about uh, episode one, and maybe by, by episode three we'll play some listener comments from episode one. You know, keep going with that throughout the season so you can hear what people think as the show is going along. Now, if you've gone to the site, you've checked out that, you've checked out the forums. The other things I want to point out, they've existed for a while, but I just want to make a mention of them. We've got site fiction on there. Now I don't know, one of the questions that came up I don't know if you guys know this But there's actual uh, uh, Fiction created by the staff of writers uh, That exists And is separate from the actual Season 1 mystery A lot of you, you know, asked about stories Set prior to Wormwood Or uh, in the town of Wormwood Without the existing characters uh, Take a look there's some stuff on there if you want some Sparrow and Crow stories, if you want some stories about Wormwood before all of these characters came to came to be, check it out. There's some good stuff in there. Um the last two things I want to mention are two contests. Okay? One of the other questions we got with our listener mail, uh, we got a lot of people asking us about artwork. They wanted to know, have we ever considered doing Wormwood as a graphic novel or comic book? Or have we ever thought about having an illustrator graphically represent these characters the answer of course is yes and we'll go into that in more detail in our Listener Mail show but in the meantime Jeremy and I thought it would be a really cool idea to hold a contest so this is the Wormwood Art Contest I, w- I don't want to tell you what we think these characters look like I would love to see what you guys think these characters look like this can be photography it can be painting, it can be pen and ink it doesn't matter do, do your illustration, send it to us Send it to Wormwood at HabitFormingFilms.com And mark it Wormwood Art Contest In the subject header uh, You know, make it at least 300 by 300 Because what we're going to do Is we're going to use our favorites As album art for season 2 You know, hopefully you can give me something a little bigger You can send me a link if it's too large Something that I can download Again, we're going to take our favorites We're going to make it part of the show Okay, Speaking of making things part of the show, we're also going to make you guys part of the show. Now, I have to admit, I stole this idea uh, liberally from Scott Sigler. Uh, he, uh, I met Scott recently, and uh, he's a very, very cool guy. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go to scottsigler.com. Scott is a novelist who, you know, if you know anything about audiobooks on iTunes, you're going to run into his name. Um, he is a, a prolific author, um, and he has fostered a great community um, with his site and with his uh, um, audio books. And I thought it was great. Uh, he, he, you know, mentioned a lot of the stuff that he does and I have to admit kind of ripping him off. So thanks Scott. And thanks for sending us all that traffic. And if anyone here does not know that go to scottsigler.com and check him out cause he's awesome. So contest number two is called worm food. Okay. Worm food. I want you to send me your name and the Grizzly manner of your death that's right tell me how you would like to die in Wormwood we're going to take our favorite entry make sure you send your name in with this because you know we need your name and one of our writers sometime in this season in season 2 is going to kill you in the town of Wormwood that's right you are going to die in Wormwood food for worms you heard it here first so I want to extend that to everybody Send that in. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I want to I wanna get some crazy off the uh, you know offbeat thing that, uh, that, that I can throw at the writers and say, okay, we've got to add this in somewhere and figure out how we can do it. That's going to be fun. So send that in. So those are our contests. I mentioned the site. That's really all I've got, except for this roundtable discussion with Peter Dirksen and Zachary Falks of Wormwood. So take a listen.
2: Hi and welcome to our actors roundtable discussion for Wormwood, a serialized mystery. Um, I'm your host tonight, David Acampo. I'm the uh, executive producer and one of the co-creators of Wormwood. And the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson tonight is Jeremy Rogers. Hello. Jeremy. And uh, we've got with us tonight two of the actors from Wormwood. So we wanted to have a discussion tonight and talk about uh, Wormwood from the actors' point of view, from the performer side of things. So we've got with us tonight Peter Dirksen. Hey, how's it going, Peter? Pl- Peter, uh, you play. Uh, uh, well, you played a few different roles, but your main roles right now are Jimmy Details and uh, and Jonesy. That's right. All right, and we've also got
3: uh, Zachary, Faulks. Is that it right? yeah. And then, okay, <laughs> excellent.
2: Did you hear me stutter for a minute?
3: Yeah, no, but I I appreciate the effort. I do. <laughs>
2: well, back uh uh is probably most notable as uh Brent, the uh, tortured Brent Saunders. <laughs> <laughs>
3: tortured is an interesting word, yes. All, <laughs> All right, so, up, uh, yeah. <laughs> before I go too far
2: into this, I wanna I want to say that uh you know, this is a spo- I'm gonna put out a spoiler alert to anybody listening right now. You know this this is we are gonna talk about season one um and I don't want to give anything away in too much depth but um but you know we can't really talk about the season too much without giving a few things away, particularly if we talk about Brent Saunders, so <laughs> uh, spoiler warning in effect here <laughs> okay, so um so I want to start off talking about um how you guys came into this project, so I mean I've talked about it from Jeremy and I have talked about it from our point of view before, but let's hear you guys uh peter um you actually were one of the first people we auditioned. I think you came to Jeremy's apartment for our first uh, casting call. So tell me about that.
0: Yeah, I, I came in and I had never done a voiceover, like a voice acting audition before. And I came into it was at Jeremy's place. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very nice, very nice place. I think I I went into the bathroom first and freshened up, and uh, came back out and I read for Jimmy right off the bat and. Did my best Napoleon Dynamite impression at that point, <laughs> and um, I think you guys, as far as I know, you guys loved it. We and, did indeed. Yeah, and then I read um, Jonesy, and I think I read for Drexel as well. Um, but it was uh, it was great. It seemed to go well right off the bat. It was a lot of fun.
2: Definitely, definitely, and and Zach, I think do we um, we auditioned you online? Is that right? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I actually auditioned from Newport Beach. I don't know where you yeah. guys were. I'm guessing in the valley.
2: <laughs> uh, well I I was in Sherman Oaks and uh, Jeremy was in Hollywood actually. So yeah, tell us. Oh we're about all that. split
3: up. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I auditioned on Skype. I don't remember that. There's a little uh product placement there. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I I this was actually my first um voice acting gig as well and uh I had just moved out here like a couple months before I did that audition. I I really can't remember uh, what website you guys have posted on that I I went through, because I just kind of started off around then. But, um, yeah, we auditioned on Skype, and I auditioned for, like, three or four characters just to, like, try out different voices. I think Hank was one of them. I I definitely was bested on that one. He uh, did a great job, Joe, there. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we worked well with with Brent and with, with Charles Edison, and uh the freakish ghoul that he is. And uh yeah, it was it was a good experience.
2: And then and now tell me guys about the uh um coming together for the first recording session. Um you know, you guys have both done some different types of uh theater work, uh film work. Uh, I think uh um uh, uh, Peter, you're in a comedy uh troupe, is that correct?
0: Yeah, sketch group and improv team too.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it tell us, uh, you know, the similarities and differences of, of the Wormwood recording sessions compared to other projects you worked on.
0: Um, well, work. first, first of all, we were in a house, which was um, very nice, but it was also not what uh, it worked out great, but not what I expected initially. You know, I thought we'd be in a studio or something, and uh, we were all sitting around the dining room table, which I think kind of like it helped to bring us t- together like faster i think uh, not necessarily like tech technologically but getting more comfortable with each other cuz we were all in close quarters sitting at like a basically what would have been like a dining room table eating but we were instead instead doing uh doing a, a podcast and <laughs> um I-, I think that actually helped like getting everybody comfortable faster cuz i think most of us didn't know each other uh i definitely didn't know anybody when i showed up
3: no, there
0: and uh you know there's there's obvious distractions that are going to happen if you're not in a normal uh recording studio but it's fun to uh it adds to the quirkiness of it and it adds to the quirkiness of the of the story as well i think cool.
2: Zach, do you have anything you want to add to that, or?
3: Um, well, I mean, I I kind of came in with no expectations because this was my first project, so I really didn't know what to expect. And since I auditioned on Skype, I really had no kind of placement of where this was even going to take place at all, and didn't know where we would be uh, be having the recording sessions. I still I think I was still down in Newport Beach when we had our first one, so I had quite a drive to uh, to get up there. <laughs> but uh, but once I got up there and actually found a place. Um, it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, I, walking in there and setting up and meeting everybody and doing my best to stay silent, which I don't think I was the best at, um, while we were all in the living room trying not to make any noise while people were recording. and um, I don't know. It was an experience. It was a lot of fun just kind of joking around and when the mistakes would, would happen, like listening to them and listening to the talent and, you know, the new work coming out. Is I mean, for me, especially because it was my first experience in voice acting, I mean, I've done theater. I've, only done a little bit of film and some TV, uh, and I actually am in a sketch group myself. Uh, though improv, I haven't really done a whole lot. Um, it's 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 very different. It's very it's a completely different experience from any of those. What what we have going with this, I, I think.
2: So. Yeah. Now now that you know coming into it from the first time, and now we've had a total of I think three recording sessions and these are full days, you know, these are full days where we all sit around and and do this and you know get and there's a lot of chatting and we get to know each other pretty well. How do you guys feel now uh are are you looking forward to season 2? Is anything do you think you feel differently about it now from your first impression?
3: Well, it's it's very different for me now. <laughs> Cuz going into season 2, I I've, I've got a lot of uh um how do I put it? <laughs> I'm very available <laughs> uh, <so laughs> let me ask you guys a question.
2: I think it's you okay to say that
3: people die on this
2: show. <laughs> say what? What's that? I, I said I think it's okay to uh, say that uh, people die on this show. You know, I think yeah. I okay understand that by now. Um, you know, it, it's also safe to say that just because you die on this show doesn't mean you're out of a gig. <laughs> when somebody does oh, no, die, I mean, we,
3: we try to make sure that they don't just, you know, fall over. We want, want to make it interesting for them to... <laughs> really yeah. splatter apart. But uh, I want to go back to um, you mentioned that we sit around a table and record sort of like um, from like a dinner scene. Um, how do you guys think it would, um, if it would at all, change your performance if we were standing up?
0: <laughs> well, it actually
3: heralded back for me to, like, how they used to do it in the old days, you know, standing in front of the big mics and, like, on a theater stage just kind of doing it for the radio performances for, like, England or wherever. They did it like Hitchhiker's Guide when that first started was like that. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't I think it would be very different.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have weird logistical problems like <laughs> when I'm recording because I have a real problem reading the script from the table and then also trying to make sure I'm talking into the microphone at the same time and inevitably every time I get the microphone in between my script and my line of vision <laughs> and I have to look around it, and it's just me. It's nothing to do with the setup, but um, <laughs> I, 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 for some reason, I, especially in the longer speeches and stuff, I stumble over it, and I get so mad at myself, like, oh, come on. It's not that hard. You know, now they're going to know you're reading. But, you know, if we're standing up, probably all have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I think it would
3: correct a few things for me, too, because I have the same problem. You know, because you're, you're already kind of like looking down at the mic and you're trying to find the right place. I think if we were standing up at the mic in front of us, we could just hold the script right in front of our faces. But uh, I don't know. I, it, plus, it frees up your arms, too. You guys can use your yeah. arms a lot more. I mean, it's audio, okay. but still, arms are important. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I yeah, think so it would so completely be so you know um, We're going to take away the chairs for the next recording session.
3: <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't need it. Clearly. It's let's get, let's get that pulley system for the microphones, too, so that we can move <laughs> them around. <laughs> Nice. Are we going to get, like, headsets? Too much thought into this.
0: <laughs> can we, <laughs> can we do, like, ahead. a dance
3: production while we're recording? we <laughs> like, will it still be audio. All. Yeah, perfect.
0: <laughs>
3: just we'll get, get long video long to, long to long put long on the website.
0: <laughs> 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 then the many fight scenes that Zach uh, seems to be in can be actual fight scenes. The house is going to be going, oh! <laughs>
2: Uh, Some real choreography. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> people so, people so don't people
3: don't see it, that, but the work is there. <laughs> yeah. Let us
2: play off of that for a minute. Um uh Zach, um differences between uh aside from the logistical differences that we just discussed, differences when you're acting for uh audio. Um, maybe even after you listen to yourself, you know, in the podcast, did anything change? So is it different from being on stage or being in front of a camera? Number one, and number two you know, once you heard it and heard how it played in the podcast, did you do anything to change the way you performed?
3: I did my best not to, to not change it, but it's really hard when you hear yourself to not be critical, especially when you just started. And I was so self critical, especially with like Brent. I was just, I, I still remember listening to that first diner scene when I first walked in, and every line I said, I was sitting there going, terrible. Awful.
0: Why'd I say it like
3: that? Like just one <laughs> after the other. And so I tried to put so much effort into the next one and still I was critical. So I kinda of just thought about a third recording session I was just like, alright, you know, I know the characters and I'm gonna just do my best to play with it. But with, with Charles, um, it was it was actually a lot different because with Brent, you know, it's pretty much my own voice. Um just kind of working off that idea and making them a little softer. But um but with Charles it was like actually you know, changed my voice up a little bit, tried to do a little bit of, uh, uh, of a character in that. And uh, because we did, so, like, you, you changed the audio a little bit, made it a little deeper, I believe. We changed
2: uh, the pitch a little bit with Charles, yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, to, especially because, you know, there's that whole car scene with them, uh, where it's basically me talking to myself otherwise, unless you uh, change the audio a little bit. But um, once I heard that for the first time, that totally threw me off. I was doing my best not to listen to it with the ear of this is how I'm supposed to play the part and try to remember how I played it in the first recording session because I wasn't actually as critical of that role for some reason. I liked how it came out. And so I tried to keep in mind exactly what I had used to prepare for the role in the first place to take on to the next one, uh, the next two recording sessions. But um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's really different from theater or film or anything because you're, I mean, for one thing, normally I I haven't done television, but I'm sure there's some similarities and, you know, seeing yourself or hearing yourself. The only thing I can really compare it to is having done a stage production where uh, it was taped and you sit with your family watching it, knowing that you're coming back from, you know, uh, the holidays to go perform it again. And uh, so you're sitting there with your highly critical Irish family uh, who are trying not to make sarcastic comments and basically failing miserably. And uh, it's not as if I had a bad performance, but you know they're just they they make those little wisecracks here and there, and I'm like, oh man, I should change that. All right. So I mean, that's the type of thing you, you try. That's that's the only time I've ever had an experience like this where I had the ability to kind of go back and be like, what should I add to the character? Take away from it? But um, especially because I have to keep him consistent. Still, you know. Has sure. your has your family heard Wormwood? Uh, I know that my brother's been listening to it. Uh, my sister Jen just if she's going to be graduating from an MD PhD, um, so no, she hasn't listened to it. She hasn't had time to listen to herself breathe, let <laughs> alone. Uh, but my sister Caroline, I I don't know. She's I don't know if she's listened to it. Actually, I don't harass her about it. My brother actually got into it, so he's he's been listening. And my mother is technologically impaired, so that's... <laughs> Even audio is a little bit much for her because she'd have to have a podcast format of some kind, and that's I'm not teaching her. I'm <laughs> on the other coast. She's back East Massachusetts. Once I have the time to actually burn a CD and send it to her, I will. But uh, even then, I don't think she to be
2: sarcastic remarks, you know. So Peter, let me explain that same question to you. You know, is it differences in in the performance? and, uh, 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 you know, just between, between doing an audio show and, uh, and something on stage or in front of a camera or whatever, you know, and then, and then also once you heard the show and how it sounded, did you change anything? Um,
0: it is. I, I find it more difficult, too, because I'm used to uh, <laughs> at least making faces. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm used to emoting physically a lot or using movement a lot, mm. And, yeah. you know, that's not there. It doesn't doesn't help you at all. It might hurt you because you might lose your spot in what you're re- reading, too. And uh, so it's a lot more of trying to use emotion in your voice, which, you know, if you're a good actor, you should be doing anyway. But uh, I, have issues, I have problems with that. But, um, you know, I did find when I heard the first eight episodes, uh, I was like, oh, it really does sound like, Peter, it sounds like you're reading. You know, it's, it, really? sounds, it sounds like you're reading and waiting for someone else to talk and then reading again. And so I've tried to, since then, uh, do a lot more prep work, reading reading the scripts through many more times. Like, I'm probably not going to be able to memorize all of it, but uh, at least trying to read through the scenes, or at least, very least my lines, and trying to be as comfortable as I can with the lines so I don't have to think about so much... Um, what what does this say while I'm reading it and more be like, Oh, I remember this. Okay, this is that scene. <laughs> well
2: that's that's interesting that you say that because uh um you know I will tell you guys and, and I've mentioned this in, in, in other interviews and things that you know in the casting process that's one of the things we really noticed was that some people when they were allowed to read, they actually ended up really reading. And uh-huh. and the reason all of you guys got the roles that you did were because, you know, there was a level there where you were reading. I mean you had the paper in front of you but you weren't but you were acting what you read and right. so it's interesting i mean i'm sure you're more critical of yourself than anyone but we i never felt that from you but uh you know that that's um, that is something that we noticed you know in 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 casting and in directing you know that there is something really interesting where if a person doesn't have to memorize something and they 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 have the paper in front of them they they often lapse into a reading voice so uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I find that rhythms help me a lot, and um, so I find that with Jimmy, if I if I hit all the adjectives a lot, like harder mm-hmm. with the adjectives, it's like um, like that was really killer, man. That's really sweet, kick-ass stuff, man. And <laughs> that really like um, it centers me, sort of like it keeps me back back to the same voice. And then with Jonesy, it's a lot of like it's uh, because I do have to have. I usually have like long sentences with him, so it's a lot of like holding my breath for a long time too. But I feel like if I kind of build up and then go back down, and he's like uh, 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 again and again, and that helps and that kind of combats the whole reading off. We the have a thing.
3: we have a whole episode of you just making that sound.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
3: Just in the background. We'll call it waves or
0: something. <laughs> Jonesy's dry heaving again. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, that's actually, I, I'm trying to think, like, what prep I've done. And with, with Charles, I think, like, it, I, I definitely had that same idea. I had a very specific rhythm and intonation that I felt like he spoke with. And so it was a lot easier to kind of get into the rhythm of speaking with him. Whereas with Brent, it was so open game. That I had to kind of try to like narrow him down and force him into a particular area in terms of like how he spoke, just so that I could keep getting back into character every time I spoke. Because um, especially because the range that I didn't really separate the range too much between those two characters, because I I just didn't come up with anything that separated them that much. I found it really hard not to like slip into the other character when I was speaking, because I mean <laughs> it's all vocal work, so
2: exactly it's yeah hard. <laughs> you're you're limited uh you don't you can't rely on uh you know facial features as as peter yeah. said or yeah. uh you know motion or anything like that it's, then, yeah it's, it's say,
0: then you got the old the old pros too like um Joe and rob who uh will be and and Cora Lee's been doing it too where we'll come to a character and be like oh my gosh, forgot to cast this character uh we need to do it in like thirty seconds hey joe can you do the uh the yes. gay pirate hitman and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he'll be, oh, sure, I got that voice. And uh, and he goes right around, yeah. which is not something <laughs> that I'm capable of doing at all.
3: What, <laughs> what I just love, honestly, is watching them work, like Joe and Coralie and uh, Rob. I mean, they just get up there, and it's, it's fascinating to watch just how much body they put into it, but how it affects their voice so much. Like, they, they'll just kind of slip into this, like, mode. You can kind of see that they create a character with their body, but it's all vocal. And it's, it's really fascinating to me, because it's for me, it's, it's been a huge learning experience just watching them,
2: <laughs> and watching
3: how quickly they come up with that stuff.
2: I'm sure they'll but. appreciate you guys saying that. We should take a step back and mention that that's Rob Grinlinger, who plays Sheriff Bradley and, and uh, Cedric, uh, and, and uh, Cora Lee, who plays Deidre Frost and Emily Saunders, and Joe J. Thomas, who, plays, who does the voice of the narrator, as well as Hank Mason, and a few other assorted roles. And, and I have to admit, we we Jeremy and I relaxed over the season, realizing that with with uh, all of you guys that we could really throw voices, you know, particularly at Joe who's done a lot of different voices or
0: yeah. Rob, yeah. But
2: we could throw we could throw characters at him with very little notice, and they could pick it up pretty easily. Um, and 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 playing off of that, another thing that Jeremy and I did over the over the course uh, in the second and third recording sessions is we had little improvisational scenes, where we, I, I'm sure you guys remember that where. Where we didn't even script it, we just said, Oh, uh we need you guys to do like an NPR talk show. Go. And, yeah. and then to record.
0: Well, and that's when they talked about werewolves for about yeah. uh, five yeah. minutes,
2: It was, it was yeah, there. It's an NPR show and you're talking about werewolves and <laughs> then they and then they go and they do it. <laughs>
3: what was the time they did bird sounds or something like that? Like they had dull, they they just went off for like about <laughs> ten minutes just doing bird sounds.
2: It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- this, is- this is why I love our cast. I mean, we've got a great yeah. set of characters. Let me-, let me ask you that. Let me ask you guys a different question about Wormwood. Um, who are your favorite characters? Either someone that you play or someone that you just love listening to uh, or hearing their character. Tell-, tell me what you guys think. Uh, uh, Peter, why don't you start?
0: Uh, well, my favorite character is Drexel. Is, uh, and Dave <laughs> is also one of my favorites, too. He also... You know, listening to Drexel and then listening to Jonathan, I believe, is the other character he does, where I guess I mentioned earlier uh, pre-interview, I think, that my voice often, it tends to be kind of higher, I think, even when I'm doing like Jonesy. But uh, Dave is great that he does Drexel, who's really kind of a... He's kind of (laughs) of a pussy. And then he does Jonathan Kidder, who's like a... He's a full-blown dad. And, uh, (laughs) and, you know... I don't think you can tell that it's the same guy doing both voices. He does a really good job, and Drexel is just a funny character in general. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I have to be. I have to admit that Drexel has become one of my favorite voices, not just the voice but the character, who started off as just a one-note joke, and uh, by the end of it, you know, I think I pitched to Jeremy. and said, I've got this idea for Drexel. It's just going to blow him out as a character. It's going to change everything, <laughs> and I and I'm really proud of that. That by episode 24, he's a full-blown character. <laughs>
0: And then also, I just wanted to mention Rob as uh also a Cedric's dog <laughs> was uh, you were talking about the crow noises, but the the day when Rob spent right twenty minutes uh, <laughs> doing all of the dog's lines and, and it was he, he was turning
3: wild. script pages, hitting yeah. all the emotional beats of the dog yeah
0: he was
2: saying, oh he's he's uh, he's whimpering here, oh, he's howling
0: here, <laughs> yeah, and I remember specifically at one point. We were about three episodes later, and and he goes, "Oh, we forgot to record this one." And uh, one of you are just like, well, "It's okay, we'll use one of the other ones you did." And he goes, "No, no, I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna do this line now." And he did. And I, when listening to the episodes, every time I, I listen for the dog and try and try to hear Rob in the dog. <laughs> Zach, how about you?
3: See, for me, it's. I'm trying to think of like who my favorite characters are and it's really more so just like my the favorite pairings. Like I love Xander and Sonya whenever they whenever they talk it's just hysterical, Xander and Sonia. Xander and Sparrow. Uh played by Sonya. Um and uh then uh Detective Bradley and uh, uh Sheriff Bradley and uh and Drexel whenever they're communicating I just I laugh my ass uh, my are we allowed to say swears and I'm about to. Uh I just laugh hysterically. And I I honestly like I've I feel like I'm blessed because playing against Coralie has been a lot of fun because both Deidre and Emily, I mean, there's there's so stark differences. So I've had a really good time just playing against her in the different scenes. because, um, she I mean she's very talented, just like Rob and Joe, I mean. They're they're great and like Sony I I love what Sonya's done between her two uh roles, like speaking of like Drexel and, and Jonathan going between Sonya and uh and I'm slipping on names here.
2: Sparrow uh, and Rachel. Yeah, Sonia who yeah. plays Sparrow and Rachel.
3: And Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Nolan. Yeah, I mean, just the differences between those two characters are great. Are fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah. but I mean, if I had to pick, I'd probably say uh, I'd probably say Deidre and Bradley. Honestly, yeah, those are my two favorites. Because I'm really interested to see what Deidre's going to do, and I just love Bradley's response to everything, yeah. like how he's just kind of taking everything in stride, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun um you know and of course we we can't go without mentioning uh arthur russell who plays uh xander oh, Crow, oh my god yeah really ties it all together i think i mean yeah you know, <laughs> he, he he is uh, uh he's a phenomenal uh voice and really i think uh uh you know really makes the show work uh, you know i yeah, think the whole cast is great but uh but I, I think everyone kind of builds around him a little bit to some extent. And, uh, no, I bit. think that's really true. So any other favorite um, actors or characters that you, got, that you want to mention?
0: Well, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, Andrew and his character of Dexter, which um, out of all, everything in the show honestly creeps me out the most, is, uh, is the little kid talking in, the, um, in like the demonic chanting voices. And, and, and holding a knife or a hammer or whatever he's holding, which he's done both, I think, in the show, or maybe more, maybe three three different times. But I had one experience of being across from him. I don't remember which episode it was, but I was playing, um, man, who was the old man that I was playing? Harlan? Oh, Harlan, yeah, yeah. And, and we did the flashback scenes in which he was also another character um, killing someone in the bathtub, and he was
2: young Cedric, I believe. <laughs>
0: yeah, young Cedric. Yeah. And honestly, creepiest experience of the whole thing: having him sitting across the table from me, <laughs> uh, kill, uh, killing a woman in a bathtub. And he—he must—I don't know if he's like seven or eight years old, but he's very committed. And uh, it's creepy. Do you
3: notice how he starts grinning when he gets through those scenes?
0: Oh yeah, he—he he, he
3: gets really happy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I believe I believe he's nine, uh, but the character he plays is usually six or seven years old.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
2: He, he does a great job with it. And and, and that's something that's funny because Jeremy and I say that a lot is, uh, you know, we when we were first starting, we kept asking his mom, like, is it okay if we have him say this? Is, is that all right? I'm worried about corrupting a minor here. Right.
0: And talk about... <laughs> be like, his... oh, no,
2: it's fine.
0: <laughs> and talk about his mom being a great sport, too. I mean, he has multiple scenes where he's attacking his mother in the... <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, and she does these lines with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, she runs lines with him. Yeah, there was the time when uh, uh, when um, Anna was not there, and so yeah, his mom read the had read Peggy Nolan's lines, and it was uh, it was a little surreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: We should mention Andrew Andrew Ramirez and his mom Tracy. They they uh, very good sports. They actually drive down from Sacramento to do the recording.
0: Oh, what?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. So oh, real committed, and uh, you know, I guess he has a lot of fun with it. And um, you know, uh, uh, we, yeah, we really enjoy having him having him play Dexter and uh, and young Cedric in that flashback. And that was another one where we didn't really have plans for that character, but then once we had him, we're like, you know, we can really do some stuff with this guy, now, with this kid now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we we were just going to use him as this vessel for you know possession and murder, but you know, now we've got a character who was who's. Eight, he was seven years old and was used for the yeah. murder, you know. Like, how has that got to mess you up?
0: Oh, yeah. And a great scene with so, him and Drexel, too, him telling Drexel how he was going to die.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking of, of Dave as, as the Wayne Drex, Dave Johnston is the, the Wayne Drexel voice. I mean, that, he's fantastic in that role and, and playing off of uh, of Andrew in that scene. <laughs> That's a great one. Now, I also want to ask you guys about, you've listened to the episodes, or or at least some of the episodes. Do you have a favorite, over the course of season one, do you have a favorite episode or a favorite scene that uh, either that you were in or or that someone else was in that you just thought was a perfect scene, you know, that encapsulated the show? Do
0: you guys have an answer for that? Zach, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Well, a scene that actually Zach was in, I believe, um, well, here's a spoiler, I guess, but the... uh, in the re reanimated.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, with the. Uh, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> the, the, the two uh, two talking heads. I'll call it. Charles
3: and. Uh, oh sure, I'm it's sure. right. That's a spoiler. Right. <laughs> the, the, say, I yeah.
0: believe it's episode.
2: Uh, is it fifteen? That was fifteen, 15 or sixteen. Yeah, 15, I think I it's, yeah, that's right. Episode 15 uh, uh yes uh, we we'll, we we will put spoiler effects on alert but this is uh I Edison. That's Minos' love
3: basement and uh Charlie, right?
2: yeah. uh, Charlie Katrina Edison are dead and Xander uh uh, uh uh brings them back uh so that he can get some answers that he's looking for <laughs> and the
3: heads begin on a lot of fun <laughs> 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 that's, yeah, that's, that's probably that one. one of my favorite chance to play
2: yeah, yeah, that one is a lot of fun. It does stand out because it had the humor, it had the uh, the uh, the dark uh, uh, supernatural elements to it as well, you know, and just just that drama of this couple fighting with each other and calling each other names. <laughs> they just happen to be disembodied heads. At the time.
3: I mean, I I loved how both my characters got emasculated throughout the season, and it was it really was fantastic. There's a lot of fun to play off of, and that scene was just. That was the top notch of it all. I mean you couldn't get more emasculated than that scene. Right there. So it was uh it was it was well written. It was a lot of fun to play that. I think that would probably be my favorite scene that I played. and uh, any other
2: any other scenes that you guys uh, that come that pop to mind? Uh
0: I also love I don't even remember which episode it was in, but there's one particular phone call between uh, I think it's between Sheriff Bradley and between I'm gonna forget the name of the character, but Joe played the character in sort of his Peter Lorre voice,
3: oh brezier yeah. yeah
0: brezier and he he has a whole run about pop hearts, I think or uh, hot or hot pockets <laughs> and uh, like he's like talking to his kids about hot pockets while he's trying to talk about uh dealing artifacts on the on the on the phone and I don't know uh, just just hearing him in that voice saying something about uh. How great hot pockets are, or it's like a, how long you have to actually cook the hot pockets to make them taste good, or something like that, is was an excellent, very funny scene.
2: <laughs> that was a really scene, <laughs> you know, and that was really funny. It worked well.
3: <laughs> I, I of the scenes I've listened to recently because uh, I tried to like brush over a few before I got on this call just in case we started testing. Uh,
0: but uh, the <laughs> you friend
2: remember episode Xander, four when I'm sorry, Dan.
3: <laughs> no the the friend in Xander scene. Uh, I think it was called Friend, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I just I really enjoyed it because uh, I don't know. I was I was a Buffy fan, and I did watch uh, Angel. I didn't own the DVDs or read the books or do any of the website stuff, but I watched it like religiously. And uh, I don't know. It's just when that scene happened, it was just kind of like that tying supernatural. Like it just brought everything in where it was. I mean, we've been dealing with a lot of ghosts and vampires and people who know about stuff, but that was the first time where it seemed like somebody was actually just coming down, being like, by the way, this all has meaning, and kind of actually, I guess, creating the world officially that we're in. You know, and so it was was kind of a fun scene where I could really imagine what was going on, and you could see the dark alley and everything happening. I, I just really thought that was... It was well written and it was well acted by. Um, uh, who played the friend in that? I can't remember. Was,
0: uh, that, that was, was um, that was Lailock. Chris. Yeah, Chris. yeah,
3: Chris
2: Laylock. He also played. He's the second uh, actor to play uh, Doc Menno. and I, uh, and then he also just stepped in and did and did the friend character. And he did a great yeah. job with that.
3: And Arthur was fantastic with that scene. Just his responses, the choking. I mean, everything. It was really, it was re- Like you could just visualize everything that was going on in that. So I really enjoyed that scene. What do you guys? I'm sorry,
0: go ahead. I would say it's also a great example of Arthur, of Arthur as Xander being very intense. And, like, always every – the it, again and again, Xander brings, like, a certain intensity to every scene. And yeah. uh, that's one in particular where I think the friend is very mellow. And yeah. Arthur is is uh, more and more intense throughout. And uh, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty awesome to do scenes with him, too, because I've had a lot of scenes with him. Yeah, I'm jealous. I am rarely you know, like Jimmy. Details is rarely intense, you know, and uh, and uh, and to give some offhand comment to to Xander and have him yell back in my face is pretty <laughs> awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do it's so much
3: fun that. to watch him work. It, it really is. is.
0: That,
2: it is, and that is one of my favorite um, pairings. Uh, as if we're talking about that is. Uh, Jimmy and Xander and Jimmy's sort of father worship of of, of yeah. Xander Crow. I love that element. It's not something we started with. I think Jeremy was the first one to kind of notice it from the writing side and to start playing it up, and we sort of all run with it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that it's, it's really it, – it defines Jimmy. He, Jimmy actually had a little bit of a serious moment towards the end of the, uh, in, oh, yeah. in the season finale, yeah. and uh, I love that. I didn't want the character to just be a joke, you know, and so I think that uh, – the the, the the father figure that uh, Xander's become to him is, re- and, and the reason for that is really interesting. So that that's one of my favorites as well.
0: <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: wrap it up pretty quickly here, guys. But I want to talk a little bit about season two. You guys, we sent you the scripts. Um, uh, any thoughts on what you're looking forward to on season two, or um, uh,
3: you know, are you excited about it?
0: Yeah, I don't well, know. I'm don't looking. Go, go ahead, for Zach. No, go Zach.
3: Okay. Uh, as far as season two goes, I mean the the first seven episodes, uh, I I don't have anything yet, but I'm excited to listen to it. Honestly, just listen to the the voices, and I'd love to play some roles in there. So I mean, we'll see what, what that hint, turns hint. out. But what's that?
2: I said hint hint. <laughs> yeah, a little bit.
3: Um, no, but I mean, it, from what I've read of the new characters, there's some really great work there, and I, I kind of had to brush through a lot of the scenes. Because I didn't have time, but uh, I I've read there was one scene with. Um, with Sonia, which was pretty funny, and I think it was a Jimmy, Jimmy Sonia uh, little bit there. Was that episode six?
2: Uh, it could have been seven or it could have been two. They both they both figure into it. Okay, it could have been three. seven.
3: But I didn't have the chance to read through eight, and that's where, that's where well, I know I have spoilers. something to come through. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah. What's that? I said, don't give any spoilers for Season 2, you know? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. no, but I- I'm looking forward to just, like, seeing how this all plays out. I mean, from what I've read, it's looking like it's going to become a lot of fun. And we're really throwing some new uh, new characters in there. Like, I mean, that whole, like we said, the, oh, well, I-, I don't want to talk about. But Episode, se- uh, is it 7? <laughs> oh, 6. Episode 6 is going to be a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of fun I- to I see think... how that plays out.
2: I've teased the public if they've looked carefully or listened to interviews about the ghost hunters of Wormwood, so we can say that uh, that okay. you guys read episode six and uh, liked the new mm-hmm. new the addition of the ghost hunter characters yeah. that we're going to there's, be adding. There's some really
3: great funny writing in that. So
2: <laughs> excellent, excellent, Peter. Anything you want to add to that? Or uh, uh,
0: I'm not sure how much I can say, but it's uh, good to see Jimmy um, broadening his horizons. <laughs> and, and 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 still uh, still really trying... To, everything he does is really to try to please Xander Crow, I think. And uh, it, he's really going to new lengths this Excellent. Season.
2: That's a perfect <laughs> tease. Perfect <laughs> tease. Last thing <laughs> I want to do is I want to give you guys a chance to um, plug anything you want to plug. I know you're all working on different projects. Um, you know, This, of course, will go out to people all over the world, but is there anything that you want to plug that either they can see online or if they're in the Los Angeles area that they can... You know, come see. So, uh, Zach, why don't we start with you? Anything you want to plug?
3: Uh, well, I've got a show going on right now. I don't know when this is going out, but it's going on until April 26th at the Arc Theater. Uh, it's called London Cuckolds. You've actually been getting some really great write-ups. Uh, we were actually, National Publication is one of the best shows in L.A., so it's a lot of fun. It's really funny, and if this goes out before April 26th, definitely look at ArcTheater.org. And uh, BrevityTV.com, that's my sketch comedy group, um, we're going to be going online next week, actually, and today is the 10th, maybe, is it the 10th, the 11th? It is. So we're, 10, going, yeah. we're, going, yeah, we're going on next week, and uh, I'm really excited about it. We've got a lot of great writers. We've got a lot of great actors. We just have a blast. So, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, excellent. And uh, and Peter, anything
2: you want to plug?
0: Well, I don't have any shows coming up that I know of, but you can check out my sketch group. I think we may have a couple of videos on our MySpace page. It's uh, our name is Mountain Man Academy, and the MySpace page is wwwmyspacecom backslash Mountain Man Academy, all one word. And uh, I'm in this really great podcast right now that's kind of a horror sci-fi mystery thing. It's called Wormwood. You can catch it on uh, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on www.wormwoodshow.com. Wow, look at that. That's
3: brownie.
2: Well done. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> when he said he was a part
3: of this podcast for a second, I was freaking out thinking we had competition, but it worked <laughs> out okay. <laughs>
2: well, guys, guys, I want to thank you very much for uh, calling in tonight and uh, and chatting with thank us you. about our show. And I'm looking forward to the recording session for Season 2 coming up in a few weeks. So um, yeah, Can't wait. Yeah, I will can't see you wait, guys can't. then, all right?
0: All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
1: And that was our discussion with Peter Dirksen and Zachary Fels. Uh, I want to thank Peter and zach for uh for uh taking the time to call in and chat with me and Jeremy. I think it was a great conversation. I hope you guys you know enjoyed getting a little behind the scenes peek at Wormwood and how we all work um If you've got any questions for those guys uh send us an email uh wormwood at or um you know post it on the forums, and I'll try and get the actors to uh you know Check it out, and uh, you know maybe uh, they can post their own responses and everything like that. So uh, thanks again, guys. Um, next week we come back, and we've got a Writer's Roundtable discussion with me, Jeremy Rogers, Jeremiah Allen, and Tiffany K. Whitney. We're going to talk about what it's like to write for Wormwood. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So come on back, and we'll see you guys next week in the town of Wormwood.
0: original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and
3: writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com.
0: Thank you for listening and welcome to town.